It's time once again for the Go-Giver Podcast, where we explore five timeless principles that will increase the profitability of your business and the joy in your life. Now, here's your host, the co-author of The Go-Giver, Bob Bird. The engine that drives prosperity in any free market-based economy is entrepreneurship, typically via small business. What's the best way to unleash this economic powerhouse? We'll look at that in our Thought of the Day. And in our interview segment, one of the world's foremost experts on small business, Susan Solovic, will give us her small business outlook for 2017. That and more on today's show. I thank you for joining us. I must admit annoyance when hearing politicians on both sides of the aisle campaign on how they will create jobs. The reason is because politicians cannot create jobs. Government cannot create jobs, at least not value-based jobs. The only thing they can do in terms of job creation is to ensure an environment where entrepreneurs are free to create and where people are free to buy, sell, and trade freely with one another. To the degree that government does this and then basically stays out of the way, they have a hand in job creation. But they themselves are not the job creators. Entrepreneurship, by and large through small business, is the engine that drives the economy and results in overall prosperity. And again, in a free market-based economy, not to be confused with cronyism, rampant here in the U.S., in which big businesses and other special interests, via their lobbyists, buy special favors, rules, and regulations from our legislators, leading to an unfair and anti-market-based advantage. Uh, in a truly free market-based economy, one can only become wealthy by providing value that others are willing to pay for and by providing that value to many people. In other words, both parties, the buyer and the seller, profit because both parties come away from the transaction better off than they were before the transaction. There is no limited pie to carve up. When entrepreneurs are allowed to create value for the marketplace, an unlimited number of pies are baked. Everyone wins. So what is the gunk that slows up this amazing engine? governmental red tape, and unnecessary regulations. Whether on a federal, state, county, or local level, the more needless and even counterproductive hoops an entrepreneur must jump through in order to get his or her business started and to keep it running, and many of these are politically-based rules and regulations, the less incentives they will have to do so, or simply not be able to make a profit and thus go out of business. The result? Less value provided to others in terms of products or services people want or need, less employment of others as the business expands based on profits, and less money being circulated throughout the community that helps others. Now, is any type of regulation ever necessary? Sure, that which will protect the citizenry from force or fraud, of course. That is certainly a very legitimate function of government on all levels. That aside, though, Nothing more is needed other than for the politicians and bureaucrats to stay out of the way and let entrepreneurs and small business owners operate and let abundance happen. So please, next time you hear a politician, any politician from either party, announce that they have a 50-point or 30-point or 27-point or 78-point plan for creating jobs, remember this much better plan. It goes like this. 
Get out of the way, politicians and bureaucrats, and allow entrepreneurs to create jobs through the many small businesses they will begin. Too simple? Nah, just simple enough. I'm Bob Berg, and I approve this message. Next, we'll look at the outlook for small business in 2017 from a woman I consider to be the go-to small business expert, Susan Solovic, and we'll find out what she advised a congressional subcommittee in Washington, D.C. earlier this year. That's coming up right after this. Let me ask you, would you like to become objection-proof? Would you like to close sales gentler? easier, and more effectively than ever before? Would you like to never again have to discount your prices? Would you like to learn the one thing that motivates every human being to action and the only reason why people ultimately buy? Do you want to more effectively than ever before communicate the exceptional value that you provide to your customers and clients? If you answered yes to these questions, then what you want is to learn how to sell the go-giver away. If you'd like to dramatically increase your ability to influence and sell, then check out my one-hour audio program, Selling the Go-Giver Away. For more information, click the link in the show notes. Susan Solovic is an award-winning entrepreneur, New York Times best-selling author, keynote speaker, media personality, and attorney. She's my go-to authority for small business and, in fact, is known by many as the small business expert. You can learn more about Susan at her website, susansolovic.com. That will be in the show notes, as well as her soon-to-be relaunched, and this is exciting, her Virtual Mentoring Small Business Expert Academy. Uh, URL is the one percentage Dot com. That's also in the show notes, uh, along with the code CC First that will get you a discount for a year's subscription with no activation fee. Now, earlier this year, Susan testified before the U.S. House of Representatives Small Business Committee. Uh, the URL of her testimony is in the show notes, and I urge you to read it. It was brilliant. Today, Susan will give us a heads up regarding the small business outlook for 2017. Hi, Susan. Hey, Bob. Thanks for having me on your podcast. I love your podcast, by the way. Oh, thank you. And I always love speaking with you. Uh, you know, you've been on many of the top television networks as their small business expert, including Fox Business, ABC News, MSNBC, and others. Uh, everyone wants to, I guess, pick your brain, uh, right, about what's happening with small business. Well, hey, we want to know the same. So 2017, Susan, cautious optimism or what? That's correct. You know, Bob, I always say that small business owners, we're resilient kind of people. So we, we tend to be optimistic anyway. But I think at the end of the year here in 2016, we've been seeing a little uptick in consumer confidence and consumer spending. So I think that that's why small businesses are looking at that and thinking, well, you know, things might be getting a little bit better. Mm. But there is a lot of uncertainty. I mean, let's face it, we have an unprecedented situation in Washington. Washington now. And I think small business owners are wondering, hey, what's going to happen here? Is he really going to make health care affordable? Is he going to rein in all these crazy regulations that have been hurting our businesses? Uh, what is he going to be about the tax code? Is he going to cut taxes for us, for all of us and simplify the tax code? So there are a lot of what ifs out mm -hmm. there. And so one of the ways that we're looking at that is we're looking at whether or not 
small businesses who are the job creators, right, mm -hmm. uh, whether or not they're going to be hiring. And uh, PNC did a survey and found that only 22% of the respondents said they were going to be hiring this year. And the mm -hmm. other thing that I thought was very telling was they asked small business owners to describe the coming year by one word, and 55% used the word hope. Oh. So that's the cautious optimism for you. Is that hope that the uh, the unnecessary and burdensome regulations are going to be uh, uh, removed? Is that the biggest hope? I think that's it's that. It, I think they hope the economy begins to rebound. I think they hope that. Okay, so a general, be, a gen, sort yeah, of a general, general hope as well. General okay, look at a lot of things. Absolutely. Okay. Now, technology uh, certainly that will continue to be a biggie. Correct. That's true. Technology is really changing things for small businesses, and it keeps getting better and better every year. So I was just at an event in New York City, and I, I was amazed at the capabilities that cloud computing opportunities can give to small businesses and mid-sized businesses particularly. And what's great about the cloud computing is it gives small and mid-sized businesses the opportunity to get the same professional mm infrastructure that big companies have, mm -hmm. but at a fraction of the cost because they only have to pay for it as they use it and they need it. So that's huge. It's also lowering the barrier to entry for small businesses. And there's just so many, uh, so much knowledge and resources online now that you can be in Podunk, Arkansas and running a global business. Mm -hmm. So it really is a game changer. Yeah. And by the way, and I want to just mention, because you really uh, come by your small business expertise uh, uh, quite honestly. I mean, first, uh, you're, you're, you grew up in, in a small business, uh, okay. and then you were the founder, of, and we met this way, of small business television, as I recall what it was, and, and you interviewed me there when I was in St. Louis once. That's correct. Yes. I, I grew up working in a small business. I started my own first small business when I was 15 years old. Uh, I bounced back and forth between, as you know, Bob, television and the corporate world as well. But my heart has always been in small business. Mm -hmm. So when the opportunity to purchase the domain sbtv.com uh, came along, it was sort of like a bell that went mm -hmm. off in my head and said, wow, here's where I can put it all together because of my love of small yeah. business, my experience. When I was an attorney, I worked with small businesses. So it, it was a great opportunity to really dig down. And it also gave me an interesting vantage point to really understand what's going on in this marketplace. Mm -hmm, exactly. Uh, now, Susan, you talk about, uh, I noticed, big data uh, being a boon for small businesses. And this is just ignorance on my part, so pardon me. But I, you know, I tend to think of you know, Apple, GM, Google, and such when it comes to big data. Uh, how does this apply to Main Street in, in small business? Bob, you're not alone. I think most businesses, and particularly smaller and mid-sized businesses, look at big data and they think it's the number crunching that big companies yeah. do to help them make decisions or whatever. But really, it's a big boom for small businesses because, number one, you know there are two different types of big data they can access. The first one is readily available just about anybody, and that is the data on trends that are going on in the marketplace, your industry, demographics. I mean, we know now from data 
data that millennials now outnumber baby boomers, which makes me very unhappy. But <laughs> uh, I mean, so you can really begin to see, you know, how the markets are evolving and changing, what's trending, what's hot, what's not. But also the data that you can collect on your own. So by leveraging uh, CRM systems and even things like Google Analytics or your Twitter insights, uh, Facebook insights, you can see what's resonating with your marketplace. I was just talking to a gentleman in New York City, and he opened a wine store in Hell's Kitchen. And he really thought that the wine store, and because of all the restaurants there and such, would be attracting people from other parts of the city or mm -hmm. tourists and things like that. Well, as he began to gather his own intelligence, build his own database, study their buying habits, uh, he realized, number one, the majority of their business was coming from right in that neighborhood. Oh. And number two, the other thing that he learned was that the hours of operation that they were were open and the way they were accessing their customer interface really wasn't conducive to that marketplace. So they made some adjustments and their business really started taking off. So those are the kinds of things that help small businesses make those decisions that we often sometimes sit in our offices and think, oh, let's try this. You know, it's like throwing spaghetti up against the right. wall and hoping it sticks. No, absolutely. That makes so much sense. Um, and last, and I know there's a lot more we could talk about, but mobile, of course, that that's got to continue to be a force to be reckoned with, I'd imagine. Oh, it certainly is. I just interviewed uh, the general uh, business president for PayPal for small business, and we were talking about how mobile is just changing the whole dynamic. And even if you look at this year's holiday season versus last holiday season, mm -hmm. the number of people making purchases from their mobile devices is going up significantly. So yet the alarming problem is that many small businesses haven't mobilized their internet presence. So if you, I'm a consumer and I'm out looking for someone, or let's say I'm even looking to go to a restaurant and I go to my mobile device and I'm looking that up, and your website doesn't load, but mm -hmm. your competitors across the street does, guess where I'm going to go? Oh, exactly, exactly. I mean, it's past the point of of uh, thinking about it for some time in the near future. Uh, right. In fact, an interesting statistic, Bob, is by the year 2020, there will be more smartphones in this world than people. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> So somehow I'm not surprised. No, me neither. I've, I've got a friend who has three <laughs> smartphones. You know, he goes, sits down somewhere to, to eat lunch or whatever. He's got them all three laid out. And I'm like, seriously, I can't even keep up with one. <laughs> now, I want to read a very small portion from your testimony in front of the U.S. House Small Business Committee, because I think it's so very profound. And again, the... the um, uh, the URL to, to your entire testimony is uh, in the show notes. And it's really, I, I really hope people will, will read it. You really spoke out and provided some great truths. Uh, but this is one part. You wrote, or you said, excuse me, politicians praise the importance of small business in producing jobs and innovations on one hand. And we all see this whenever they stump right on the, on the, uh, on the circuit. Yet, they continue to impose regulations and laws that create an environment that makes it nearly impossible for them for small businesses to thrive. You continue, the regulatory burden in this country is in the trillions of dollars and small businesses pay 36% more than larger enterprises. Could small businesses in the U.S. eventually become dis extinct, you ask? 
In my opinion, if we continue down this path of hyper-regulation, they will certainly become an endangered species. How can we protect this important market sector? As one longtime entrepreneur said to me when I asked what needs to be done, get out of our business, end quote. Uh, and by the way, that I, looking at that right now, that sounds very familiar. Well, actually, Bob, that longtime entrepreneur was you. Yeah, I, I thought that yeah. was. Uh... Yeah, yeah. So yeah, wow. I just thought you summed it up so well. I can't have said it any better. But... So, so I actually made it to testimony in front you of the U.S. Congress. You now, <laughs> now, you know, you mentioned something, and this is, a, you know, this is important. That doesn't mean that some of this isn't with real good intent. Now, and of course, good intent plus negative results does not equal positive right. results. But a lot of it is with with good intent. They they don't know better they really think it is protecting the uh the consumer in many cases when it when it isn't but there's also a lot of it that is pure cronyism because right. the uh the uh big business uh gets together and through their represented their their lobbyists on k street end up uh paying for special privileges and making it harder for small businesses and much of that is through regulation uh, tell us about that and and why uh, the best thing that, that Congress could often do is really get out of the way. That's right. Well, so the interesting thing is, or the sad thing is, that entrepreneurial activity in this country has dropped off dramatically. Now, some of that could be just because of the economy, but much of it has to do with the stifling regulations. Uh, I mentioned earlier that only 22% of businesses are going to be hiring, and most of the ones who say that they aren't hiring, they aren't hiring primarily because they want to do more with fewer people. Some of that could be they want to stay under the employer mandate for Obamacare of 50 employees. So there are a lot of reasons that you know you would keep your staff small and, and not grow. Um, so I think that um, what happens is these people do uh, create these regulations in a vacuum. Uh, they've never really worked outside of the public sector. They've been elected officials. They've been in those offices for a very, very long time. And, and let's make the point, and, and I don't mean to interrupt, but this is important. This is not a Republican or, or Democratic type of no. thing. This is, yeah, this, uh, this is both parties. They've been right. doing this for years. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. And I, you know, like you said, I mean, I think some of it is well intended. Uh, we certainly couldn't have a society that has no regulation. That would be probably even worse. Oh, of course. Uh, the, but, the government's legitimate function, you know, at the least is certainly pr to protect the citizenry from force and fraud. Right. Uh, so but, sure, know, I don't think anybody wants no regulation. Right. It's, yeah. But I think, you know, a lot of it is a patriarchal uh, attitude. So they think they know how to run our businesses better than we. Right. And I mean, if you just look at... Now, the, uh, there's been a court injunction to uh, postpone its implementation, but the increase in the overtime threshold uh, for almost doubling what it was before. And, you know, it, it, close to $50,000, you know, your employee has to be considered an overtime uh, employee. And it, I said when I testified $50,000 a year in New York City, I mean, you're practically living on the streets. But $50,000 a year in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, which is mm -hmm. down in the boot heel, is a nice, comfortable living. So, you know, a free enterprise should be able to make those kinds of decisions on their exactly. own. 
And not to mention the complexity of all these regulations. And that's why the impact of it falls so much more on small businesses because the big companies, they have those, they have staff, they have compliance people, they have in-house lawyers that can make sure that they comply with the, the regulations. Sure. A lot of times small businesses don't even know they exist. And then all of a sudden they're faced with penalties and all sorts back back fines, and they didn't even know that they were not complying. So it's just too cumbersome, too complex, and too costly. Make it easy for people to do business. Make it easy for companies to provide value to people who willingly choose to buy from them. And it's amazing how when you do that and kind of get out of the way and just kind of create the environment where people are free to buy, sell, trade, what have you, uh, it, it's amazing how the how the entrepreneurs in this country just kind of they soar and they bring right. so much value and it creates a bigger economy for everyone and and uh, you know trying trying to get uh, buy in for that can be a, a challenge and again it's it's with both parties there's no it there is. are no innocents in this one <laughs> no it isn't it isn't and the one thing I will have to praise the House of Representatives the Small Business Committee that I testified in front of. Uh, there is a lot of uh, partisan cooperation, and they're really working together to help small businesses. So I, I really have to praise them for that effort. Well, and thank you for taking the time to uh, speak in front of them and, and provide them with uh, with your wisdom. Susan Solovic, award-winning entrepreneur, New York Times bestselling author, media personality, and attorney. She's also a fantastic keynote speaker. So if your company or organization is holding a conference, be sure and visit her site at susansolovic.com. Check out her Small Business Expert Academy virtual mentoring. All that is in the show notes. Thank you, Susan. Wishing you a fantastic holiday season and a very prosperous 2017. Well, thank you, Bob, and same to you. The major takeaway I received from Susan is that while there are some things we cannot control, there are more and more ways and more and more tools that small business owners can tap into in order to create value for the marketplace. How is your outlook for 2017? Please feel free to write to me at bob at berg.com and let me know. We might even share your email on an upcoming program. Remember, the Go-Giver makes an excellent gift to those in your life in order to help them lead better, sell more, and touch the lives of more people in positive and significant ways. Visit thegogiver.com and check out the new expanded edition of the book. And while you're there, check out John David Mann's and my newest book, The Go-Giver Leader. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and provide a review on iTunes. Visit thegogiver.com slash reviews. I enjoy reading every review. And your review will also help others to much more easily find this show. This will be the last episode of this podcast for 2016. I look forward to being back with you in 2017. I wish you the very happiest of holiday seasons and a fantastic and prosperous new year. If you're going out partying on New Year's Eve, please, please, please drive carefully. And I know you won't drink and drive. That's all for today. The Go-Giver podcast is brought to you by thegogiver.com. Visit www.thegogiver.com and get our free special report, The Go-Giver Way, five principles for creating a culture of excellence. That's thegogiver.com. Stop on by. Thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, I'm Bob Berg. Make it a great day.